So during the week, we're continuing to celebrate Navratri with daily chanting of the Devi Stotram at 8.30 on Instagram Live in place of the upward shift meditations. And tomorrow in place of the Guru Gita, we will have the Devi Stotram program at Satsang Live and also on Instagram. Then next week, we have a free live satsang. So that's at 7.15 p.m. on October 16th. It's available to watch online and it's open to everyone. So start telling your family and friends now. You can book for the free satsang via satsanglive.com.au.
begin my thoughts by quoting my guru, Baba Muktananda, who always began by saying in Hindi, Sabko barisan mane kesat pemse hardik swagat. With great love and respect, I welcome you all with all my heart. And I always uh, would emphasize in my mind that great welcome, to welcome with love. But the word respect is a very important word. This is a time when there's very little respect in all directions, and respect is a wonderful quality. And so on the, on the occasion of Navaratri, let me remember respect, to respect each other, even those with different opinions uh, from different backgrounds and so on. To respect is a great thing. So as I said, we've been uh, in the middle of the Navaratri nine-day festival, which celebrates the goddess, and they're celebrating it in Ganeshpuri too. About halfway from the ashram to Bhagwan Nityananda's Samadhi temple, uh, there's a, a little temple to Bhadrakali, the goddess. And local myth has it, the local legend has it, <laughs> uh, that Bhadrakali followed Bhagwan to Ganeshpuri. Uh, in any event, it's a very powerful little temple. And of course, they're, during uh, Navratri, the priests are busily doing it. We have about a one minute clip of Ganeshpuri. So, watch it. Very good. <clears throat> That's uh, on the main drag there, which I think is called uh, Turak Road, isn't it? Gandhi Pad. But anyway, it uh, looks like very uh, active time in Ganeshpuri. <clears throat> you know, Kashmir Shaivism, despite everything you've seen so far tonight, uh, is a non-dual philosophy, uh, a monistic philosophy, which means that there's one essential principle that underlies all of creation, indeed the whole cosmos. Uh, according to Shaivism, that principle is consciousness itself, which is also called Shiva in this tradition. And Shaivism uh, is a narrative, a story, that begins at the top. It begins at the first principle, which is the principle of consciousness. 
If you don't begin at the first principle, you can't possibly understand the way things work. And because we don't know about that first principle, we're very confused about the way things work. But Shaivism begins with that first principle. Now, the philosophy of Vedanta agrees with Shaivism insofar as it's also uh, a monistic or non-dual philosophy. <clears throat> and it calls the underlying principle, which we call consciousness, uh, or Shiva, it calls that Brahman. It means the same thing. Uh, and though... We need some more light? Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> How's that? Is that better? <clears throat> so... Vedanta and Shaivism are two different kinds of expressions of the one philosophy, which I call the philosophy of consciousness. Now, obviously, in a monistic universe, you have to acknowledge that the world we live in is not one, but many. In fact, many, many, so many things. Uh, so these philosophies have to account for that, and they say that Initially, the one became two, and the original duality is man and woman, masculine and feminine, yin and yang, Shiva and Shakti. And, uh, you know, if you've read uh, Plato, uh, the symposium, Aristophanes humorously says that man and woman were once one, and um, they got split apart, and that's why they yearned to be united again. That's why we're so crazy for love, is because we come from the, the one, this urge for union. <clears throat> but the Vedantins had a problem when the one became two. They loved the one so much, they hate it when Brahman becomes the world. Um, in Vedanta, when Brahman becomes, creates what we call shakti, they call it maya, or the great illusion. Maya does not have a good reputation. Uh, she's an enchantress. She causes confusion and disasters of all kinds. She makes mercury go retrograde. Uh, she's the principle of ignorance and illusion. Um, I think these Vedantins, uh, Dr. Freud told me these Vedantins must have had some bad relationships with women, starting with their mothers. Um, it's easy to understand why they might be negative, but surely that can't be the final answer. Uh, by contrast, the Shaivites uh, and Shaktas worship the goddess. They love her. They praise her and seek her grace. They know that she's dangerous yet she's also magnificent, she's powerful, full of love, and brilliant. And I'd say that it's much better to worship the Shakti, to approach her with a puja tray, rather than cold philosophy and denial. <clears throat> so anyway, who is Shiva and who is Shakti? They're really one, not two. Shiva is described as prakasha, which is pure light simply shining and doing nothing. This Prakasha just shines, radiates, does nothing. Uh, you can think of him like, a, in that state, like a person sleeping. But the same person wakes up and becomes active 
And that's when Shakti comes into uh, interview. Shakti is Shiva when he's active. It's also called Vimarsha in Shaivism. And Shakti is hugely active. <clears throat> they say Shiva lies there like a corpse, but Shakti dances on his chest and does great for the whole world. And she's uh, got infinite aspects, and she acts on all levels of the cosmos, everywhere. It's Shakti. At the same time, Shakti creates a bridge to Shiva. They say the way to, to knowing the absolute is through the creation, through the Shakti. Uh, Shiva is silent and aloof, but Shakti is warm and loving and involved in everything that we undertake. She's personal and intimate and concerned with the minutia of our lives. <clears throat> That's why we have Navratri and we draw closer to the Shakti. Navratri worships the goddesses Durga, Lakshmi, and Saraswati. Uh, and uh, Durga, this is a conventional image of Durga mounted on a tiger, sometimes on a lion, full of weapons, very fierce, powerful, and dynamic. Uh, this is uh, the goddess as vital. And then she also manifests as her peculiar form, Lakshmi, full of love and nurturing, full of abundance. She's got coins and money dripping from her, gold everywhere. Um, she's the nurturer. So Lakshmi, the goddess as peculiar. And finally, Saraswati, the goddess as solid. She's the the champion of the arts uh, and language uh, and uh, insight and understanding and music, uh, Saraswati. <clears throat> so these are the goddess as vital, vital, peculiar, and solid. Uh, and when you go to Ganeshpuri, in the next village, there's Vajrashwari, uh, and they have a very powerful temple to the goddess there, and they have three forms of the goddess there. And let's see. Here you go. There's a photograph of them. Uh, so they'd be for a form of uh, Durga, Lakshmi, and um, Saraswati. I never can get it right. Do you know what they are? They have... Uh, Renuka is which one? And was she on the right? Which one is or in the middle? So that Saraswati is on the left, yeah. and then it must be Durga in the center. She has a sword or something. I don't know. Anyway, we will, we'll leave that to the Indologists and the Brahmins. <clears throat> now, Shaivism has its own take on the goddess, and if you were confused by the puja, uh, we were making offerings to the Trishula Bija Mandala. Uh, now, this is a representation of the goddess. <clears throat> let's, uh, let's look at it. This is a beautiful uh, uh, representation of the Trishula Bija Mandala that we have hanging here in the hall. And in fact, you know, uh, Durgananda, who spoke at the beginning, uh, she helped design, she oversaw the design of the hall and uh, of this hall, and there are many 
Trishula beads of mandalas uh, in the back of the hall, all through the hall. So then let's see the other one. This is a more schematic version of it. I'll explain that. Leave that up there. <clears throat> so uh, this is Shiva's three-pronged trident. Shiva's trident. Shiva has a trident with three prongs. It's very nice, handy to have, <laughs> especially on the New York subway. This is something <laughs> you should carry. Uh, it shows that you mean business. <clears throat> and um, he, <clears throat> the three prongs represent a variety of things. The trika in Shaivism, the three gunas, Sakla, Rajas, and Tamas, or the shaktis, jnana, itcha, jnana, and kriya, or will, knowledge, and action. Uh, or they might, they might represent Ida, Pingla, and Sashumna, the three main subtle channels. <clears throat> but here they represent uh, three goddesses. So, and these three goddesses, more abstract than the ones we've been looking at, are called para, 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 and apara. Um, para means the, the absolute. So the middle one, the, in the, at the top, in the middle, with the lotus, uh, is para. And the left prong is para, para, and the right prong is apara. And these three are the expressions of the great goddess who's represented by the lotus in the middle, uh, and that's Mahadevi or Parashakti, or sometimes even uh, uh, Malini, which is the power of the alphabet. Um, <clears throat> the stalk going down the center represents the Sushumna. So you see it's highly symbolic and so on. Para represents oneness. And um, in Shaivism, they, uh, they make a, a table of 36 levels of creation. These are called tattvas, levels of being. And it starts with pure consciousness at the top and descends to matter. It's really one continuum. It's one stuff vibrating at different frequencies. So para represents the highest, most conscious or illumined part of this whole thing. <clears throat> and um, it also represents the knower. In, in the knower and the known, the eye, the, the seer, is para. Then apara at the other end represents the material world. There's, there's the eye and there's the that. And this is the uh, what apara represents the, the material world, the world of multiplicity, the world of the material, the lowest tatwas, the most unconscious. And this is called uh, the prameya in, in uh, Hindu philosophy, that which is seen, the seer and that which is seen. And parapara represents the connection, the act of knowing, how the seer knows what is seen. It's connected, and what connects them the mind and the senses. So you can see that you have conscious principle at the top, unconsciousness there, and then a principle in the middle which is both conscious and unconscious. It's both material and spirit, and that is the mind and the senses. 
The mind's not quite the self, but it's not inert, it's not like a stone either. Uh, it's a bridging function. <clears throat> and um, Baba was a great devotee of the Shakti. Okay, so this is the, the mandala of the, those three goddesses and of the whole process of awakening. <clears throat> Baba was a great devotee of the Shakti. The Kundalini is another name for the great goddess and also her potentiality. And that mandala also is a symbol of the Kundalini's activity. And Baba's rare ability to awaken Kundalini existed because of his devotion to his guru and to the blessings of the Shakti, the Shakti of the goddess. Um, he was able to give Shaktipat to thousands. And what Shaktipat is, Shaktipat is to become aware of this higher order of reality, the reality of the Shakti. This is the divine energy. Most people live half asleep in the material world where there's nothing beyond that material world. Even very educated people, very evolved people, famous uh, scientists and professors uh, still live in a material world. But once they have the awakening through Shaktipat, they, they are aware of a higher dimension. And this dimension exists right behind the physical dimension. And this is the awakening of, of Kundalini. And this supreme Shakti Kundalini is also called, by Baba particularly, Chitti, or consciousness. Uh, the Pratibhigna Ridayam, one of the, the great texts of Shaivism, says, Chitti Svatantra Vishvasidhyetu. It means Chitti, universal consciousness, creates the universe from her own will. By her own desire, her own sport, she creates this universe. So when you turn towards Shakti, you enliven the world. Very much like Durgananda said in her talk, the world becomes alive, becomes completely full of love, it becomes lovable, it becomes electric. Um, and when you reject the Shakti, when you turn away from the Shakti, you move into dryness, a world of emptiness. <clears throat> when you worship the Shakti inside yourself, you yourself become Shiva. So to honor Navratri, we'll look at a piece, one of Baba's beautiful and poetic writings. No one has been a greater poet of the Shakti than Baba. And here's something that he wrote part of his play of consciousness. Baba writes, there is an inner divine power within every man and woman, which the scriptures have described this way. This is a quote from the scriptures. The Shakti, the great goddess, is of the nature of Brahman, the absolute. So Baba immediately links uh, Vedanta and Shaivism. <clears throat> I remember once somebody asked him, what's the difference between Shaivism and the Vedanta? And the Vedantins would say it's a huge difference, and the Shaivites would say it's a huge difference. Papa said, they're not much different. I liked his universal view. They both believe in consciousness. <clears throat> People call her by the name Kundalini. 
She resembles a lotus stalk and lies in the womb of the lotus of the muladhara. She starts at the base of the spine. She is a coiled form and is filled with golden radiance and luminosity. She is Shiva's supremely fearless Shakti. It is she who lives in man and woman as the individual soul. She is of the form of prana. All letters from A to Ksha arise from her. A to Z. A to Z. All the letters, all language, all communication comes from this Kundalini Shakti. <clears throat> Human beings should know this inner power and use her while living in the world. One thing about Shaivism is it's not a, a monastic retreat. It, it believes in living the divine life in the world. When you know this principle, this Shakti, your world is transformed. Baba says, when she's awakened, lives that had seemed commonplace and arid, unenjoyable and frustrated, flourish and become joyful, filled with sweetness, contentment, and delight. We look for those things everywhere, contentment and delight, sweetness. We look outside ourselves, hoping to, that something, some principle, some idea, some object, some person is going to fulfill that. And Baba says, only when you know this inner power can you feel those things. Kundalini is the goddess Chitti, the joyous divine energy that unfolds the universe. <clears throat> when awakened by the grace of the guru, she transforms the body and improves our daily lives. She generates a feeling of deep friendship among people, enables them to see the divine in one another, and turns the world into a paradise. She makes perfect whatever is not perfect in our lives. When this divine power enters a man in the form of grace, he is completely transformed. This is the process of Shaktipat. As he becomes fully aware of the pervasiveness of his own inner Shakti, he develops deep love for his wife and a selfless relationship with her. The knowledge arises with him that he is not a woman she is not a woman, but the divine kundalini. In the same way, when Chitti reveals herself within a woman, then boundless love for her husband arises within her. Through the influence of this power, the perfect understanding dawns within both husband and wife that they are both the embodiment of God. And of course, this is at the highest level. It's very easy to lose sight of that. But this is the ideal, that when you keep that the divinity of each other in mind. Then relationships work, the world works, and you work. And the whole task of yoga is to maintain this vision and not let it slip into a lower, lower understanding. <clears throat> As the power of the Guru's grace penetrates a mother, her whole life is suffused with joy. As Shakti saturates her, she gains knowledge of her children's true nature. So now it affects the husband, it affects the wife, it affects the parent. And the parent learns how to truly raise the child. She acquires the ability to perfect them in wisdom, courtesy, and the fullest expression of their talents. The moment the grace of the Supreme Kundalini is bestowed on her in the form of Shaktipat, she is given the capacity to lead her children along the highest path. And parenting is a sacred 
and mysterious art that I'm afraid we fail terribly at uh, to lead. You know, we're worried about so many things about our children, uh, but to lead them towards the highest path, towards their true nature, to understanding who they really are, to lead them to the path of inner happiness is something we fail at, but we shouldn't. This knowledge is not imaginary, nor is it something that is said only by Muktananda. A verse in one of the Upanishads says, Rudra Nara Uma Nari, Tasme Tasye Namo Nama. Rudra, that is Shiva, is man. Uma, that is Devi, is woman. Praise to him, praise to her. So every man is Shiva, every woman is the goddess. Salutations to them. This is all you need to remember for the rest of your life and live your life with that understanding. Baba says, this understanding arises <clears throat> that the primordial, eternal truth, the formless divine, manifests as man, the husband, while Kundalini, God's supreme Shakti, who becomes the world, and it was called Chitti, Uma, Durga, Lakshmi, Saraswati, Devi, appears as woman. I offer my salutations to both of them. Kundalini is the beloved queen of Parashiva and is half of his body. And there is actually a, a form of Shiva, uh, the Adhanar Ishvara, which is uh, half Half Shiva and Shakti together, half man, half woman. Uh, extraordinary vision. <clears throat> Baba says, he takes the roles of daughter, wife, mother, yogini. Thus people have new awareness. When you obtain the Shakti of the Guru's grace, the world becomes heaven. And then he makes a prayer. And I think we can join him in this prayer. May this supreme Shakti spread throughout all humanity. May all people flourish in the expansion of Chitti's play. And you know, when I met Baba, I saw what his true work was, and I was terribly, terribly inspired, wonderfully inspired. And I wanted to join him in his work, which is to spread this Shakti to the world. The world desperately needs to know this, to come in touch with this, this power. And the reason we're in such darkness is because people have not been awakened. They will become awakened. People are awakening and people will awaken. Uh, but that's the real solution to all of these incredible problems that we have on earth now. Baba prays, may all people flourish in the expansion of Chitti's play. May man and woman assimilate this Shakti and love each other completely, not with self-interested love, but with perfect knowledge. May they attain the play of Chitti, which is unfolded within and become the embodiment of light. May their, in other words, may their attention be on the shakti, on the self, on the essence, rather than the personality. May wife and husband see each other as worthy of each other's respect and reverence. May all the people of the world see the shakti growing within, perceive the great glory of shakti, and understand that everyone is a perfect ray of the same supreme shakti. That all of us are absolutely equal uh, rays of that supreme shakti. May they realize that true religion is the spirit of reverence, friendship, and devoted service. This is the hope 
of Muktananda above this prayer. He says, the entire phenomenal universe is pervaded by the goddess Chitti. Chitti is the originator and sustainer of the world. The, the world exists within her being. The Shaivite view is that the world is not material, but is actually exists within consciousness, just like uh, your dream world exists within your, your consciousness. Your dream takes place within your own head. And so Shaivism says this whole world is like a dream of higher intelligence. You might say it's, it's God's dream, Shiva's dream that we're living in. Chitti is Parmashiva, that which transcends the universe, which is perfect being without attributes, the foundations of all things. In other words, pure consciousness. The basis of the knowledge, aham brahmasmi, I am the absolute, the conscious self. The supreme shakti, that's, that's uh, Shiva. The supreme shakti is inseparable from Shiva, who is absorbed in her. She is also called Shiva Shakti. It is her beauty that is revealed in the world. She is the power of consciousness of the Supreme Being and is completely identical with him. She reveals herself in every visible activity in life. She appears in various forms, favorable or unfavorable, helpful or obstructive. So it's all Shiva. Shiva is taking place in the pandemic. Shakti is taking place in the pandemic. It's all part of Shiva's play, although we take things much more seriously. Um, but it's all part of his play. <clears throat> Revealing herself in this way, supremely free Chitti becomes the 36 tattvas, the cosmic principles, through her own will. She appears as masculine and feminine, Purusha and Prakriti, the soul and, and the world, is the same chitti that has become the perceiver and the perceived. What I wish to convey, Baba says, is that the world is permeated by chitti, by consciousness, belongs to chitti, and is chitti. If you see with the eyes of true knowledge, you'll find nothing but chitti in the world. You have to transform your vision, saying. A person may or may not understand this, but even if his inner shakti is not awakened, he should remember one thing. God dwells in the world in human form. Since it is God who dwells in the body, it, it, it follows that an aspirant who is awakened can easily unfold his inner shakti. So if God dwells in human beings, you know, the Bible says he made, God made the world in his image. So if God dwells the highest principle of consciousness is within human beings, it means they can unfold themselves. The potential is there. They take wrong turns and become uh, contracted and evil and miserable, but the potential is always there. And it's important to respect each other. And now Baba gives uh, a teaching, an upades, a method. Baba says, when this is the case, how mistaken are people of the world who lack the knowledge of Chitti, who do not perceive her, who do not adore her within themselves. Oh, voyage is in this world. That's us. If you want your journey to be free of obstacles, 
Become aware of your venerable goddess, Chitti Kundalini. Awaken her with meditation. Behold her everywhere and live in happiness. So there is the thing. Awaken her through meditation. By contemplating consciousness, we contemplate the world, the material world outside. We never contemplate our own awareness, consciousness within. So Baba says, understand your own awareness and it will wake up. <clears throat> and then see that that divinity is everywhere and then live in happiness. The true guru is the embodiment of the shakti. This great shakti kundalini awakened through your guru's blessing will bring your journey smoothly to its completion. The great yoga of meditation will guide you in the spiritual path. With Chitti's blessing, you will become great. Everyone seeks greatness of one form or another, uh, but mostly we measure greatness as in the eyes of other people. But Bob is talking about a different kind of greatness, which is to know the true self. And when you attain that kind of greatness, then you have independent happiness, an independent peace, an independent wisdom. Baba says, your life will be filled with yoga, with delight and strength, with that which is beneficial as well as that which is pleasant. Your house will become kashi, a place of pilgrimage. Your work, a daily ritual. Your friends, gods and goddesses. Your meals, sacred offerings. <clears throat> it's a wonderful image. It's worth meditating on. My life is uh, a holy ashram. My friends are gods and goddesses. And you know, as you think, so you become. Everything that you do will become the worship of the Supreme Self. In due course, you will attain the final fruit. You will become merged in chitti. You will become one with this conscious force. And now Baba's ecstatic ending. O Goddess Chitti Shakti, O Mother, O Father, you are Shakti, you are Shiva. Shakti is Shiva, Shiva is Shakti. You are the soul vibrating in the heart. Your manifestations as the world and as the self are filled with bliss and beauty. How can he say that when we see so much suffering and difficulty in the world? Because when your eyes have the lotion, he used to say, you see what the guru's prescription, the guru's glasses. When we change our vision, we see this consciousness everywhere. As long as they lack the full knowledge of you, ignorant people project onto you various dualistic ideas. Oh, supremely worshipful Mahashakti, when you take the form of the guru, the blessed disciple, and enter within him, he realizes through inner knowledge that the external world is also your play. The path of Kundalini Yoga and the yoga of meditation are created by you, and you permeate them completely. They're the means through which you bring the sadhana of meditation to its fulfillment and grant the state of your own nature. And so what Bob is saying is that by meditation and by practice and by understanding and by satsang, uh, the same world becomes a different world. That actually the thing that we're overlooking is that our vision is what makes the world. We think the world is a certain way, but actually we're perceiving it a certain way. 
And when our vision opens and takes the lotion of the Shakti, of the higher power, we're transformed and our world is transformed. And what he's saying is absolutely true. It may seem very far away when we move through dark periods in our life and dark periods in history. And yet it's completely true. And this is the same message that the sages of all paths have told us. Meditate on the self, honor the self, worship the self, discover the self, discover, worship consciousness. You are a conscious being. I love to talk about that. You're different from a rock. A rock can't think, can't compose music, can't appreciate music, can't speak, can't love. You are a conscious being. This consciousness, there is no God beyond consciousness. Pure consciousness is, is God. The highest consciousness is the highest manifestation in this universe. And because our consciousness has been vitiated by ego, by self-concern, by fear and anger, jealousy and negative emotions, it doesn't manifest as purity. We live in fear. And so if we go beyond that, deeper than that, deeper still, we can always go deeper. And as we go deeper and deeper and deeper, we discover joy, we discover love, we discover uh, the truth within ourselves, not in others, but in ourselves. We have that, all of these qualities in self. So that's what we celebrate on uh, Navratri, the goddess within and the goddess in every other person. So, Satgurnat Maharaj Ki So let's do what Baba says, which is the most supreme form of worship, which is to meditate on the self. <clears throat> and we'll meditate for a few minutes and we'll focus on that awareness. Love yourself, love your awareness, love your capacity. Don't pay attention to negativities. Negativities arise all the time. Baba would always say, somebody would say, I'm being tormented by this. Don't pay much attention to that. I've got a live mind. Don't pay attention to that. Don't pay attention to the, where your mind goes. Go deeper. Go to the place of peace and place of joy within. And we'll meditate for 10 minutes. And once again, with great love and respect, in honor of Navratri, I welcome you all with all my heart. Satguru Nath Maharaj Ki Jai. Let's meditate.